We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Nothing is so strong as gentleness. Nothing so gentle as real strength. This is from St. Francis de Salle. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and today's theme is the gift of gentleness. And I'm Katie Chu. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. So make sure you're donating today at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no fees. All right, so to start off today's show on gentleness, we have Joven Huntel, a reporter and host on Express Yourself, with another installation of his segment, World Watch. Take it away, Joven. Hey, everyone. Now, I feel for this theme of gentleness, um, it's an interesting one for my segment, World Watch. I like to usually keep abreast of ongoing developments throughout the world in the segment, but gentleness isn't usually the type of vibe you'd walk away from, say, the news with. However, that's not necessarily because it isn't reflected in the world out there. Rather, there there are inherent biases in the way we get our news that stop us from seeing the positive traits in our world that are actually very abundant these days. And so for this segment, I wanted to use the opportunity to talk about how to best tailor your news experience so that you can understand all the good going on out there. In this era where print journalism is going out of fashion, a lot of the news industry is based off of how many clicks that certain companies get on their websites or how many views they get on their videos. The result of that is that there's less of a focus on well-researched, thought-provoking journalism and more of a focus on sensationalist headlines and clickbait that is specifically designed to appeal to the largest number of people possible. More people will click if the sensationalist links um, don't don't have to read about them too long or think about them for too long. The companies with a pattern of sensationalism have realized that negative news gets more attention from people, so they will give their front page slots to that scary negative news. In other words, the media preys on fear. However, it is possible to spurn this and pay more attention to the positives out there. Now, before I get into that, though, I think it is extremely important to first stress the necessity of having some sort of routine news consumption method. 
instead of getting all your news secondhand from someone or just hearing vague whispers here and there, make sure to be actively seeking out news yourself. However, this doesn't mean have to mean that you're forcing yourself to read news. Rather, make it so that it's something you look forward to doing on a daily basis. It's understandable if you know you don't want to follow the minutia of politics. Maybe you're not a sports fan. Maybe you don't care about the latest car models or anything like that. Take the subjects that you're already personally interested in and then start looking for news in those subjects. Then once you do that, you can start looking to see how to customize your news experience so that the positives are more apparent. And to that end, a growing percentage of the population is getting their news from aggregators. So Google News and Apple News are probably the biggest examples of these content aggregators. They themselves are not the ones publishing the news. Instead, they're just displaying, displaying the news based off of what they think your preferences are. So on Google News and Apple News, you can subscribe to individual publications or topics in there, but they're also going to tailor your news content based off of what you normally click. If you make it a point to click on and stay engaged with a positive news article for longer, um, they're going to take note of that behavior and remember that you liked it when you saw that positive news. And so from that point on, they'll make it a point to show you more positive news because they think that that's what you're going to like more. And in addition, another way to support positive journalism or just journalism at large is to reward news publications who you think do the best job of sharing the news with more engagement. And so this means clicking on more of their articles, spending more time on these articles after you click them, uh, watching their videos, sharing these articles and videos with your friends, and even commenting on sites that allow comments. These sorts of activities are monitored by different search engines like Google and Bing, and they may result in your favorite news sites then getting more attention. And also, if you typically use Adblock to block different annoying ads, um, consider whitelisting news websites that you like so that they can earn a little more money. Since the news industry is rapidly approaching a model where consumers are not directly paying for content, many of these organizations are starved for money and could even turn to projects with less journalistic integrity to make ends meet without continued support from their readers like me and you. And so um, if you find these websites, newspapers, magazines, anything like that, that isn't necessarily just going for the bottom line and showing all these negative articles first and foremost because they think that's how they'll be able to earn the most money. If they're actually showing what is the most important news, what are the top news stories out there, and then that includes positive news, um, make sure to support those specific news organizations especially. And anyway, I just thought our process of getting news and especially positive news would be an interesting topic to talk about for our theme of gentle dis- gentleness today, and I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's really, really important to find this positive news, as you said, in today's era, because we do see so much of that negativity flooding in. And, you know, as, as you know, be the star you are is a positive media charity and that's that's yeah. I guess what you know what all of us are all about is finding that positivity and I'm really glad Joven that you were able to highlight that for this segment of yours and you know I wanted to ask uh, you you told us definitely about all of these great ways to find that positive media but I wanted to know Joven why do you think it, it's so important to see this positive news popping up oh yeah great question so a lot of it just has to do with 
the way the news and the media at large is going to affect our outlook or just our general mindset. So if we see more positive news and we see all these positive things happening in the world today, then you know, we're not going to be walking around with our head down. If all we see is this negative news, you know, the, the 2016 election was a great um, <laughs> example of this. When we're bombarded with this negative news, then we get disillusioned with not just the media and the ongoings of the world, but also the subject of that media, which is in this case, the political process. So I think it has a very large effect on how we see a lot of the things in our world. And so focusing on positive journalism is a great way of making sure that, you know, you're sort of keeping yourself grounded, I guess, or realistic in that you're recognizing that all these positive things are happening out there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, you mentioning all all about how the news that we see is always... often biased and not really the true story of what's going on reminded me of um, a memory back from last year so in my English class we had a debate and one of the students were um, one of the students was arguing that crime has been you know on an upward slope it's been increasing and the and our teacher had to stop the debate and say no it's crime is not increasing it's just what you've been seeing on news it's not mm-hmm. skyrocketing since before <laughs> that's what we people may seem to believe because the news makes the world seem as though you know it's been having all these negative these um downfalls these horrible events when in reality there are a lot of a lot of positive things to see about the world and that we really do need to know more about and talk more about but i just want to you know add on continue the conversation and ask how else can we tailor our news experience Uh, Yeah, so one thing that, again, another observation from the 2016 election, you know, there's a lot of talk about like fake news. And so while this label may sometimes be applied to things that I guess aren't fake news, um, it actually is a very, very real problem. So when we get our news, like a lot of people are from these content aggregators like Apple News, or I myself use Google News quite often, or um, certain demographics might use Facebook or other sites like Reddit where they get their news. Um, Fake news is a very big problem. And with like Russian, coordinated Russian efforts to uh, flood our news industry and all that. So one thing that is important to do is also make sure you're checking websites like PolitiFact or other um, publications that specifically rate these claims or controversial articles and statistics and all that and say point blank whether this is true or not. So once we do that and also when we take it upon ourselves to research different claims and see if they are true or not, that's one way we can really combat this fake news problem. And then one other final um, thing about tailoring your news, it's also a very personal thing. You know, a lot of times when we see this super long article that, you know, we don't really want to read or anything like that, we kind of just read the headline and just leave it at that. Right. The problem is, you know, these headlines, they're specifically designed to grab our attention in a certain way that might not actually be reflective or accurate of the news it's supposed to be representing. And so I think we really need to shake ourselves out of this mindset where sometimes we just do read these headlines instead of reading the actual article. 
Mm, definitely. I think those are important points that you've brought up is to avoid the fake news and then avoid maybe reading that headline, having a conversation with your friends, quoting the headline and not actually <laughs> looking through the article. And, you know, I want to ask Jovan, um, you mentioned that print news is kind of going out of style and we can really see that trend downward, unfortunately, for paper news. But I feel like paper news in the past was kind of a concrete way of saying, hey, this is what you need to pay attention to in the status quo. We're going to give you this daily paper to highlight what's going on in that day. And so, Jovan, how do you think people should make sure to get their share of daily news nowadays? How do you really get your share of daily news when so much stuff is being sent our way through our tablets, phones, devices, all of that stuff? Yeah, I think it definitely can be a little overwhelming. You know, as you said, we have so many devices, so many publications. It, it really is pretty overwhelming. So I think one thing to do is definitely support your local newspaper or any sort of local news source. Um, if you live in the Bay Area, that's Express Yourself, by the way. Um, and so just make sure that you are knowing what's specifically going on in your community and then go outward to, I don't know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, television news channels, then go to that larger scale. So first know what's going on in your community and then move on to there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jovan, for all of this information and all of these great tips. Definitely going to keep that last one in mind as well to support Express Yourself and export, uh, support all of those local news sites as well. Unfortunately, that is all of the time we have. So listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so check out bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. BTSYA founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has just authored a brand new book, Growing With the Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our conversation about the gift of gentleness. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. 
Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Katie Chu, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we're extending a wonderful discussion about the gift of gentleness. So in this segment, we'll be reading a chapter from the new Be The Star You Are book. Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices. Here's the gift of gentleness, which was written by Dallas Woodburn. Dallas is a renowned author, editor, speaker, and in-demand writing teacher. She's the recipient of the National Congressional Award Gold Medal, the National Jefferson Award for Community Service, and the International Glass Woman Prize. A passionate champion of young writers, she founded Write On Books in 2011. Alrighty, with some background knowledge about Dallas, what a fantastic character. Let's begin with the gift of gentleness. I've loved basketball since I was a little girl. During elementary school recesses, I played H-O-R-S-E, horse, and pickup games with the boys. At home, we had a basketball hoop in our driveway, and I spent many hours practicing until the daylight faded away to dusk, and it was time to come in for dinner. I love the team camaraderie, fast-paced energy of the game, the elegance of shooting, that clean feeling when you release the ball from your hand and know it's going in, and then that joyful swish through the net. My freshman year of high school, I was thrilled when I made the fresh soft girls basketball team. The sophomore girls on the team welcomed me into their fold. We worked hard in practice, but the ultimate goal was to have fun. I played center, or power forward, so I never dribbled the ball much, but I remember one game when the defender wasn't guarding me until I reached the half-court line. So coach told me to dribble the ball up the court each play, and I did it successfully. I was nervous at first, because I never thought I could be a point guard, but after that game, I felt like I could do anything. Like I didn't have to box myself into a specific role. And the more confident I felt in myself, the better I played. Midway through the season, the varsity coach decided to move a girl on the JV team up to varsity and to move me up to the JV team. I felt honored to be chosen, but it was a difficult situation to move into a new team partway through the season. I was a new new girl at the bottom of the totem pole, playing with girls older than me and better than me who already had built their own team dynamics on and off the court. On the fresh soft team, I had started every game, but now on the JV squad, I sat on the bench and felt lucky to pay, play a couple minutes. My confidence tanked, but I still tried my best to be positive and work hard. The biggest obstacle was my new coach, a nice man off the court. During practices and games, he would yell constantly. He constantly berated me for not being tough enough and nothing I did could convince him otherwise. No amount of showing up early for optional practices, busting my butt during blockout drills, or hustling up and down the court changed his opinion of me, uh, that I was a soft girl who needed to toughen up. To me, playing basketball was as much a contest against myself, continuing working hard and improving my own game, as it was a contest against the other team. I didn't have that desire to crush my opponents, and if we lost, I shook it off pretty easily. That didn't mean I wasn't tough. I entered my sophomore year, the situation remained the same. During each game, I sat on the bench, my knees jiggling. I yearned to play, but I was also filled with nerves. I worried about making a mistake and being yanked out of the game. I tried to remain confident in myself, but it was hard. One game will be forever etched into my memory. It wasn't the playoffs, nor was it a game against our big rival. It was a personally important game because my Uncle Wayne was in town and would be attending with my parents. 
I looked up to Uncle Wayne and wanted to impress him, and I hoped that I would get some playing time to show my best effort. In the second quarter, coach put me in. Someone on my team fouled a player on the opposing team in the act of shooting, so we all lined up for free throws. Since the other team was shooting, my team lined up on the innermost spots. The player shot the first free throw. I bent my knees, elbows out, preparing to box out for the rebound if the second free throw was a miss. It was. I successfully boxed out my player. But another player, a guard from the other team, who had not been boxed out, slept in and grabbed the rebound. Immediately, my coach was screaming. He called a timeout, and we all hustled for the bench. I was not prepared for what happened next. Coach had yelled at me before, but it was nothing like this. Loudly, leaning right in my face, he screamed at at me for not getting the rebound. He screamed that it was my fault that we were losing, that I was killing the team, that I wasn't trying hard enough. I was completely caught off guard because I didn't think I had made a mistake. But even if I had, even if I had purposely dribbled the wrong way down the court and deliberately scored two points for the other team, his verbal outrage would have been complete out of, completely out of bounds. I realize that now. A grown man yelling in red-faced rage at a 16-year-old girl is never okay especially in front of her peers and her community. I would learn later that it took every ounce of self-control for my father not to run down from the bleachers and yank me away from that screaming man. He didn't want to embarrass me or cause any more of a scene. He tried to catch my eye so he could thump his chest with his fist in our signal for, I love you. You're doing great. But I wouldn't look at him. The reason why I wouldn't look at my dad or anyone in the bleachers was because I was ashamed Already, as I took my place at the end of the bench and avoided my teammates' eyes, I was internalizing my coach's words. He was in a position of power, and he was telling me that I was a loser. In that moment, I believed him. I believed that everyone saw things the way he did. Red-hot shame coursed through my veins. It never crossed my mind that perhaps I didn't deserve it, that perhaps coach, not me, was in the wrong. Later, my parents would comfort me. Later, they would schedule a meeting with my coach about the incident, although he would never apologize. Later, I would decide to end my basketball career and focus on cross-country and track. Although I still loved basketball, I did not miss the self-doubt and negativity that came from playing on that team. These days, I only think of my old coach very occasionally, when I make a mistake and catch the way I'm talking to myself. Not usually, but sometimes. The words that I say to myself could be coming directly out of his screaming mouth. I can't believe you just did that. What were you thinking? You ruined everything. You're so stupid. It's all your fault. Whenever I catch myself doing this, I try to immediately silence that critical voice in my head by taking a few deep breaths. Then I ask myself, how would you talk to your best friend if she was in this situation? The answer, I would never yell or berate her. I would treat her with gentleness, compassion, and understanding. I would offer words of encouragement and support. Myself deserves that same courtesy and love. It is up to each one of us to break the cycle, not only in our behavior towards others, but also in the way we treat ourselves. I do not want to be an angry basketball coach screaming at myself. Instead, I want to be like the coach of my Frostloft team, who made me feel confident enough to be point guard, even though I'd never played the position before who never would have yelled at me even if I had failed, and with that knowledge helped give me the confidence to succeed. I want to talk to myself the way that my parents talked to me that fateful day, drawing in the shadows of my shame and erasing them with light. 
After all, that little voice inside my head is powerful. It is the only voice that I hear all day, every day. It never, ever needs to yell to be heard. A gentle, compassionate whisper will do just fine. Alrighty, and here we have an exercise that Dallas has provided for us to be able to find our own gentleness and our own good self-judgment. <laughs> exercise, writing your way to gentleness. Use the following questions as inspiration for some free writing in your journal. Number one, write about a time when someone yelled at you. How can you find peace with this memory and move forward? Jot down a list of phrases you often direct at yourself. Are they positive or negative? How can you be more kind and gentle to yourself? Who in your life makes you feel loved and supported? And what does this person say to you? Write down these words of, words of affirmation. Can you say them to yourself? All right, and we've got a quote as well that embodies what this chapter really means. There is nothing stronger in the world than gentleness. This is from Han Sugin. Oh man, I really... I think that was a brilliant chapter from Dallas. We saw her work through her own struggles. We saw her face to face with something ungentle, something rough and really just mm -hmm. to her. And she came through and she was able to realize that really gentleness was the answer to her views and was the force that would nurture her uh, to success. And Katie, I, I wanted to ask, uh, since mm -hmm. we're, we're on the topic of gentleness and how this really works with us, have you had a similar experience? Uh, you know, has anybody, have, have you, which way do you find works for you when you're trying to motivate yourself, motivate others, when other people are trying to motivate you? Actually, I had a very similar experience, one that's very alike to Dallas's, as, you know, I was... A competitive archer and you know I once had a coach and another coach who also taught me once in a while and you know being their student I would compare the way they would teach me and one the one that um, I usually was taught under was very gentle she knew exactly the way how to console me after competitions she would speak very gently just tell me exactly what I needed to do, but also help me find the way to um, perform better, to improve, while the other coach would just, you know, berate me every time I made a mistake. And I definitely found that the gentle coach, the one who was very careful with her words, who was very attentive to what her students needed as a to be their guide and to make sure that they're really going in the right direction was definitely much more effective in helping me learn, but also making sure that there's just a good relationship with between me and not just the people around me, but also the sport itself, archery. And I think that definitely gentleness is always a great way to go. I think people are much more willing to listen and much more willing to understand you if you're gentle with your words. And I just thought that Dallas as you mentioned, embodied this idea in such a great way in her chapter. But um, what about you, Brigitte? Did you have any, have you had any experiences that really kind of express this vision of gentleness? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to that sort of helpless feeling that Dallas had, and I'm sure you had as well with 
a rougher coach or a rougher mentor figure who is yelling at you, berating you, telling you to toughen up. And, you know, because I feel like we as individuals are already so hard on ourselves. When somebody else does it to you, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's even more painful. And then it just reinforces what you've been telling yourself all this time. Like, I'm never going to do it. I'm not perfect. Or I'm so flawed. And then you have an an external voice telling you that. And I think for me, it was definitely, uh, I, uh, I definitely experienced that myself as well. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. That's just all about gentleness and everything you just said and the chapter that we read, I think is a great way to really express the importance of gentleness. And we have Dallas Woodburn to thank for that incredible story and advice. Unfortunately, we are out of time in this segment. Listeners, make sure to follow Be The Star You Are and express yourself at bethestarur.org to support our show and find more segments like this. I'm Katie Chu. Show the world your smile If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia on Express Yourself, and today we'll be continuing a fantastic show about gentleness. And I'm Katie Chu. In this this third segment, we will be wrapping up today's show with a discussion on gentleness and its effect on the world and on all of us as individuals. So just kind of going straight into this discussion, Brigitte, how would you define gentleness in just the sense of the word? Uh, I think I would say if we're talking about a person, uh, it would be a kind and tender individual, maybe someone who's approaching situations uh, with a soft tone and a soft outlook uh, without berating others. In terms of the quality in itself, I think it definitely means almost a If gentleness were a texture, I would pinpoint it as a velvet, you know, like a very soft, plushy feel. Uh, But I I, I think that that doesn't mean that gentleness is weak, necessarily, or that it's pure softness. I think 
term gentleness is more of a descriptor of an approach you take to a situation or mm-hmm. a side of your character or the execution of your character in a situation than it is a description of how strong or weak or uh, how you are or how much potential that you actually have. And gentleness is kind of, you would say that it is a part of a lot of people's characters, whether you have a lot of gentleness or a little bit of gentleness. And so, Katie, I wanted to ask, you know, when do you think gentleness is a strength and when do you think gentleness is a weakness? I think, you know, gentleness is, it is a really broad topic. It's kind of shown in different people in different ways, depending on how they, you know, end up showing it, whether it's through their actions, through their words, or just through the way they, you know, approach situations. But I really do think gentleness can be a strength when you use it with confidence. For example, we were just talking in the earlier segment about coaches and how they can be gentle and they can be rough. But when a coach is confident in the words they're telling you and the advice they're giving to you but being gentle with it I think it definitely makes them so much of a greater and more impactful coach whereas gentleness can be seen as a weakness if you're being gentle you're being forced to be gentle because you feel like you can't have a voice in that situation or you are afraid to say your opinion and in that case I think gentleness could be seen as a weakness but when in reality, gentleness is a way that you could really honestly become such a stronger character and be shown as such a greater person in general. But Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's really where the difference might lie in gentleness. Of course, I'm not an expert, but that is kind of where I do see a line. But as we're just talking about how gentleness can be seen in different ways and shown in different ways... How is the gentleness you show a stranger different from the gentleness you might show to a friend or family member? Hmm. Well, I, I think that the gentleness that you show a stranger is um, more of a surface level thing. Not to say that this gentleness is fake in any way or mm-hmm. a facade, but it's definitely coming from a place of less understanding for the other individual, just because you know, you're not as close to that person as you would be a friend or family member. So if you're showing gentleness to a stranger, it's definitely very circumstantial. You are trying to get across your own message about something and you're trying to break it to them in a way that would be constructive, in a way that wouldn't hurt their feelings or wouldn't be negative to the situation as a whole. Whereas on the other hand, if you're showing gentleness to a friend or family member, I feel like has less to do with the message that you're trying to get across and more uh, to do with some, some aspect of themselves that you are helping them deal with. So while when you're dealing with a stranger, gentleness is more of a vehicle for you to get your thoughts across. On the other hand, when you're dealing with a friend or a family member, it's something that will allow you to help them better themselves in some way. So maybe they're being too harsh on themselves and you come in with this gentleness to tell them that, look, you understand who they are. They are not a terrible person like they've been telling themselves and they have so much room to grow and be the wonderful person that they are. 
versus mm-hmm. if you're talking to a stranger, it's more along <laughs> the lines of, hey, this is my idea. Uh, right. I think if I say it too harshly, it'll be a little yeah. rough. Uh, but if I bring it forth in this light, it'll be easier for us to talk about it and have a discussion. Yeah. And I, so or I was gonna say, you know, it's kind of like when you're talking to a stranger, it's not I mean, not something that's like mandatory, but you may see as etiquette or just respect that you choose, you know, gentler yeah. words over harsher words, whereas with a family or or friend, you may just be more affectionate and it comes out a lot more gentle than you when you're speaking to someone else or when you're just being rougher with your words. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. I think they they are both the same character. They're both, they're both out of respect, but I think they're definitely coming from uh, different levels of intimacy there. And so mm-hmm. on, on that subject, actually, um, dealing with others and in conducting or handling a relationship between you and another person two individuals uh, Katie how do you think you can tell when someone is maybe feigning a gentleness or faking it for a certain thing for their own goals and how do you tell when it's genuine I think you know it's always difficult to kind of find that line between when someone is being genuine or when someone isn't but honestly a gentleness is as we were mentioning, it's kind of a concept. It's that velvet feel where it's something that you're going to be feeling. And I think gen- the idea of gentleness is generally for the other person, right? It's to, you know, whether it's to show respect, to be more comforting, to improve your relationship with that person. Either way, it's for that other person. And I think if gentleness is being faked then it's just not being effective and when it's not being affected that means you're not feeling you know you're not feeling the comfort from it and whereas if someone is being genuine and it's you know in in the sense of being genuine being effective if you are feeling comforted by those words or feeling a sense of intimacy a sort of respect from those words I think you could say that the other person is you know being gentle whereas it's different if you aren't feeling those effects of it but yeah I it's always difficult to know when someone is trying to be genuine or whether they aren't whether they aren't genuine they're just trying to do it for themselves but um Brigitte have you ever had any experiences when you felt that someone may be feigning gentleness well I that's a good question I I don't know. I think, yeah, I definitely agree with you there that it's it's pretty hard to tell whether someone's faking their, you know, their emotions and their behavior and whether it's really genuine. I think, though, that uh, I've, I've had a few acquaintances here and there that mm-hmm. have, you know, they take on a certain tone when they are speaking with another person where you can kind of tell that they maybe they're not really actually feeling that gentleness of nature, that genuine aspect of being gentle, uh, but they feel that they're obliged to do it. They're fe- they feel that they're obliged to be gentle in this scenario in order to make things smoother, in order to facilitate the conversation or the social relations that are going on. And so 
I think that while we tend to see faking as a as a really bad thing all of the time, I think sometimes people don't mean to be super fake about it, or they don't mean to feign gentleness. They just mm-hmm. are too tired that day, or they're just not feeling it. But then they feel like they should give that you know that respect to yeah. another person. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes. People, there are times when people get confused between, you know, being gentle and being or com- and completely understanding the other person. You know, people may think, oh, you know, I can't, I feel like I can't be gentle in this situation because I can't fully understand the other person's perspective mm-hmm. at the point. But in reality, those are two different things. You could have a completely, you know, different opinion than the other person. For example, you could you can make a mistake while doing a sport or being in a competition and a coach could be, you know, could know that you've made a mistake, but they can still be gentle because gentle and, you know, completely understanding or agreeing with the other person are two different things. But I, yeah, yeah, I want to, you know, ask kind of continuing this idea of finding the line between gentleness and other kind of other concepts but Bridget where do you think is the line between gentle and being a pushover um I think that it all depends on the content behind your message and behind your way of dealing with things so if you're being gentle without any content behind it and you're just agreeing to whatever other people say in order to maintain a certain persona I definitely think that's more of a pushover thing whereas if you're delivering your own message and your own plans and working with others with a gentle demeanor, I think that's when you're using gentleness right. Well, you know, thank you so much, Katie, though, for this wonderful conversation. And I definitely thought that we reached some important insights about gentleness. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment but we'll be continuing our conversation in the next portion of the show. So make sure during the break to visit BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. And if you're a fan of baseball and you're live in Northern California, Be The Star You Are has been chosen as the nonprofit of the night for the June 15th baseball game between the Oakland A's and the Los Angeles Angels. It's our tax deductible and discounted to only $32 for second tier field seats. So please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org slash events to buy your tickets today. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. We are also selling raffle tickets for $5 each for two individuals to win a field visit to watch batting practice and meet the players on a different day. Two lucky pairs will each win this amazing opportunity. Go to bethestaryar.org slash events to meet major league baseball players. This has been another segment of Express Yourself Teen Radio. Keep listening as we continue our enlightening conversation on the gift of gentleness. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time 
on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be the Star You Are charity. Closing out the show today um, is another 12 minute segment on the gift of gentleness. And I'm Katie Chu. In this segment, we are joined by Express Yourself host and reporter Hannah Hundel with her segment Health with Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Katie. Hi, Brigitte. Thank you so much for having me on the program today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Super excited. So I just want to ask, Hannah, you know, uh, since we're doing this wonderful show on gentleness, what is your take on gentleness and what experience have you had with uh, gentleness within maybe social spheres or in the academic world? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what's great about this show's theme is that it really transcends all aspects of our lives. And one that's particularly salient for me is a lot of the work that I do around health and healthcare because that will ultimately constitute my future profession. And when I think of gentleness, I mean, it's really hard to not think of children and babies because uh, actually I really hope to potentially go into pediatrics one day. And mm-hmm. I currently volunteer at a children's hospital. And I mean, that that for me, that is the epitome of gentleness. And especially because I actually just had a baby cousin born a month ago. Oh, and I got congratulations. To visit him. Thank you. I got to visit him for the very first time this weekend because I'm back home from college. Oh. And so when I got to hold him and, and you know, especially with my work holding children at, at this hospital as part of my volunteer efforts, you really realize how gentle and delicate uh, young children are and babies are and how we really need to do right by them and, and treat them with care. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, congratulations on your baby cousin. That's it's always great to kind of work with, work with and experience such young children and to be able to hold them because, as you mentioned, they are really so delicate. They are just so still so tiny and you know vulnerable. And you mentioned that gentleness is really important in that kind of aspect. But so I just kind of want to ask what. We were discussing the definition of gentleness earlier in the previous segments. What do you think is the definition of gentleness? How do you be gentle with kids or with people in general? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. I think gentleness, it, it interfaces a lot with empathy and with care and with intention, right? I think we really have mm-hmm. to set an intention for ourselves to be gentle either to ourselves or to others. And um, on this topic of young children and babies, I I was recently watching this video of a physician, he's a pediatrician, and his name is Dr. Robert Hamilton. And he was demonstrating a hold whereby you can calm a crying baby. And I think this, this aired on ABC News or NBC or something like that. 
And he was showing how if you hold the infant's arms in a particular fashion, you hold their bottom in a particular fashion, it really mimics their experience in the body of, of their mother and how that's somehow calming for them. And so I think for, for me, at least, that kind of evokes this idea of intention and, and really deliberate care that I think is so essential to the essence of gentleness. Absolutely. And I think that that probably makes gentleness something that's so quintessentially human, too, because, you know, we, we have that intelligence to make mm-hmm. movements that are so deliberate. And so when one human being acts towards another human being in such a gentle way, it really emphasizes that gentleness is so ingrained within us as a species. But yeah, just- that's actually a really interesting point, Brigitte, because I've also read that new, um, new mothers are very attuned to the cries of their babies. And in fact, that they can sort of hear, there's been some studies, I don't know the particularities of them, but essentially when the newborn, newborn infant was put to, put to bed, the new mother could hear the cries of that baby when the baby woke up much more frequently than could, say, the father or even other people who were not the immediate family members, which I think is really interesting. And I, and I do think that serves to illustrate your point, Brigitte, about the sort of innate ability to be gentle, to be empathetic, and and to treat, you know, perhaps those more vulnerable with care. Absolutely, right? Like, it's just, it's so interesting to to learn that it's kind of part of our nature. And, you know, Hannah, just to turn it, uh, turn the discussion a little to a different topic, um, you must be, as, you know, someone who's planning to go into the medical field and to work in healthcare, you must be conducting, I assume, a lot of undergraduate research at Harvard right now. Um, so I actually, I wanted to ask about gentleness within sort of that research context, or maybe when you're working with other people in general as for charity organizations or anything of the sort. So how do you stay gentle mm-hmm. maybe in the field and then still kind of get your point across or get your plans across to the other person, get stuff going? Right. No, that's a great question. Actually, when you mentioned research, I'm reminded of the research that I currently do and it's wet lab research. So it occurs mm-hmm. in the confines of a laboratory. And actually, this year, for the first time ever, I've been doing research since high school, but I've actually been able to work with mice, which has been really fascinating for me because a lot of my previous research dealt only with cells or, or in sort of a more microbiology context, but I've actually gotten to work with now live organisms with mice. And it's also really interesting and important to see how our paradigms of gentleness translate to other organisms as well. I mean, we have so so many protocols to follow when we work with these live organisms. And I was actually really heartened to see all of the training that I had to go through. You know, well, although on the one hand, it might be sort of a pain to think of all the online classes and the in-person training you have to go through in order to be able to do the research that I wanted. I'm actually so grateful for that. And I'm really happy that they have those measures in place because it really taught me how to be sensitive to the potential needs of my mice, to understand when they're in discomfort, to understand what I can do to help them feel better after some of the research that we're doing and which they're a part. Yeah, definitely. You know, you kind of really explained how 
you do have to be you have to be so gentle with <laughs> it seems like you're you have to be gentle all the time you know with the babies that you are taking care of yeah. <laughs> while altering, but also doing your research with these mice but with all the gentleness that you're expressing as a college student what kind of gentleness do you receive when you work with mm-hmm. your peers or with your professors or you know anyone else how have you found that you've received gentleness or do they are they kind of rougher with the guidance? I love that question. I think the mentors that I've had have certainly been really gentle with me, particularly my research mentors, um, my career mentors, and a lot of the faculty that I've gotten to engage with. And I think, I think that's a sign of a great mentor, um, one that's able to understand that you are perhaps encountering something really novel. I mean, like I said, I had never worked with mice before. And so mm-hmm. um, the animal specialist who trained me had, <laughs> had all the patience in the world as I learned how to handle <laughs> the mice properly. And she was really gentle in, in directing her exercises towards me. And so I think my, my mentors have actually exercised an incredible amount of gentleness. And that's what I'm, I'm really grateful for. But also, Brigitte, you, you mentioned earlier the point about counterbalancing that gentleness with with critique. And we all know that criticism or feedback is so necessary. Uh, so I do think there's a really fine line that we have to walk there between being gentle, but also when an authority figure knows what's actually going on to be able to give you that advice candidly and openly and directly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for answering my question. That was uh, definitely, uh, that's something I'll be keeping in mind is that there is that balance uh, between the two that your mentors and you to a certain extent have to show. And I wanted to ask as well, Hannah, you used to, you know, you used to live in the Central Valley in California and you've since right. shifted over to the East Coast for college. And to a certain degree, I know that people are shaped by their environments as well as kind of their innate characteristics. So I wanted to ask if you see a difference in the degrees of gentleness that you're dealing with and that you're experiencing on either side of the coast, or is it more of an innate thing than an environment thing? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because I really did move 3,000 miles away. I went from one edge of the nation to the other. And I remember before going to the East Coast, I heard a lot. I was really inculcated with ideas of East Coast culture, this and this notion that at the in the East Coast, they sort of, they're a little bit more to the clock and um, everybody sort of, it's a very fast paced living. Um, at least those were the impressions that were given to me about East Coast living because I had never lived there in this kind of capacity before. Um, and I will say that I actually spent a summer in New York and that was last summer and I was doing research there and it was really interesting. I did, in fact, notice sort of a cultural shift. You know, people definitely, there's a lot of motion, a lot of fast-paced motion. Um, if you're waiting in line, you better know what you want to order. People don't really like to wait. Um, so that was, I think, really interesting to compare that sort of fast-paced motion of New York with the sort of slower gait of the way that life moves, kind of where I'm from, um, you know, on the farms back in the Central Valley Um, But I think in terms of gentleness, that really is an individual thing. I mean, person to person. I've met incredibly fantastic people in New York, you know, people who are so kind as to take a couple moments from their day to point out directions for me or to recommend the best place to eat dinner. 
And also there's right. fantastically gentle people back at home. So I think even though maybe the lifestyles can be can move at, at different rates of motion, I think gentleness is really something that each person, as we mentioned, can put an intention to, can deliberately decide to exercise in their lives and others. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the insight, Hannah. And that was absolutely a fantastic conversation about gentleness in general and how that's really affected your life as well in college. Uh, with that, however, it is sadly time to say farewell. Uh, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be gentle, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself